0: I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning, in and God bless. Good morning, Buenos Dias. Yes. Is it quiet this morning? So good to see everybody out this morning. Uh, those of you tuning online, let me go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Trent Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church right here in Jackson, Missouri. We thank you for tuning online this morning, but what we want to do is invite you to come down next week and be a part of what God is doing right here in Jackson, Missouri. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at the Jackson Civic Center. The address is 381 East Deerwood Drive, Jackson, Missouri. We'd love to have you and your family. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad for those of you here. Uh, hopefully those words are right in those captions. It took me forever to get those right. But that is one of probably my favorite Christmas song, o Holy Night. Uh, it's, there's something powerful behind that song. So uh, uh, I really love it. and I really, really love that it. it talks about our Savior's birth, which is why we celebrate this time of year. So the service this morning is not going to be a Christmas sermon, because we're finishing up our, or we're going to be wrapping up our series next week, but we're taking another step in our series, living on purpose, so what we wanted to do was fill everything else with Christmas this morning, so those of you in are not expecting a Christmas message this morning, uh, I'm sorry, but uh, our, we have been talking about the last three weeks now. About living life on purpose. Living on purpose has been the title of the series. The first week we talked about see because you've got to have 2020 vision if you're going to see clearly what it is, the purpose God has for your life. That's where it begins. We talked about the second week, beginning to establish that vision, beginning to understand what it is that God would have for your life. We talked about the third week. We talked about preparing. For whatever it is that God would have you to have in this life. And today, since we've talked about all of that, we're going to be talking about communicating. How do you communicate what God has been telling you to do with your life or everyone else? Because more than likely, let me just go ahead and tell you, if it's a God vision he's given you, it's going to take more than just you to make that vision come to pass. Because God goes big. He thinks big. So it's going to be beyond you. You're going to have to have people come alongside of you to establish whatever it is that God has for your life. So you've got to be able to communicate well what it is that God has for you to others, so that those who are called to get with you on whatever that vision is can begin to establish their vision part or their visions as well. The key passage for the last few weeks has been coming out of Jeremiah chapter 29, and we've been looking at verses 11 through 13. That's been our key scripture for the last few weeks and it's still there today. It says for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you seek me With all of your heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for those here. We thank you for the holiday season, Lord, that is upon us, God. That we celebrate the birth of your son, Lord Jesus, and how he came to this planet to give us all a hope of eternal life. Lord, I just ask, Lord, this morning that you begin to speak your words through me, that they would not be my own. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking about Joseph for the last few weeks. And we talked about the fact that this isn't Joseph, the adopted father of Jesus. This is Joseph from the Old Testament. Joseph who had the coat of many colors. And we've been talking about his life and how he was daddy's favorite. And that daddy liked him more than the rest of the sons. Well, this made the other sons just a little bit mad. So they decided that they would fake his death, throw him in a hole, sell him to slavery, put blood on his jacket, Give it to dad and say, a wild animal has killed him. So he was betrayed by his own family. Then we find as his story continues, he ended up being bought up by Potiphar, who was a servant of Pharaoh. And he ended up being put over the entire household of Potiphar. So Potiphar entrusted Joseph to everything that went on in his house. Because God's favor was upon Joseph, and he recognized that because God's favor was on him, he was being blessed, so he knew he needed to take care of him. Well, even though as he rose to the top there, there's always someone that's going to come along and stop you, try to stop you from accomplishing your goal. And in this case, it was Potiphar's wife who accused him of committing adultery. And trying to come on her But we realized as we read the story It was actually her That was coming on to Joseph And he kept rejecting her And she got a little bit upset about this So she told her husband and all her servants That he came on to her Had him thrown in prison Well the prison guard This is kind of where we've been settling We're going to start this week Basically puts him in charge of everything in the prison So check out what happens in Genesis 40. Chapter 1 As we continue our story today, it says, Sometime later, the cupbearer and baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. In the same prison where Joseph was confined, the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph. He attended them. Remember, Joseph has now been placed in charge of the prison as well. The main guard trusts Joseph. He's like, you know what? I can leave everything. Kind of like what Potiphar did. I can leave everything to him. He's going to make sure it's handled. So what's happened is the cupbearer the king, the beggar the king have gotten in trouble. They've ticked the king off, and he has thrown them into prison. Not just any prison. He put them in prison where Joseph was in charge. Number one, the point number one today of where you can start beginning this message is to communicate dependability. Why in the world was Joseph put in charge? Wherever he goes, he seems to be put in charge. It's because he's dependable. You've got, you got to communicate to everyone else that you're a dependable person. You're one they can trust, that they can rely on to make sure that they get that you can get the job done. So he's basically shown them that he's dependable. So because of that, he's been placed in a higher task. The Bible also talks about that God will give you more than you can handle and that if if you're good with managing things, he's going to put you in charge of more, but if you can't handle it just a little bit, he's not going to be able to put you on bigger things because you can't even handle a little bit. Here's what 1 Peter 1 says, verses 23 to 25. For you have been Again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring Word of God. And all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the Word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the Word that was preached. To you. What does that got to do with dependability, Trenton? I didn't catch that at all. What, what in the world is dependability? Because here's what it's talking about in these verses. It's saying, hey, we fade, we fade away like the grass, but what lasts forever is the word of God. So if you're going to get into God's purpose for your life, then you're getting into God's To all of us Let's continue our story In Genesis chapter 40 And we're going to continue there In 4b And if you notice That's kind of separated Because verse 4 Kind of continues In the next paragraph Depending on what translation You're using It says After they had been In custody for some time Each of the two men The cupbearer And the baker of the king Of Egypt Who were being held in prison Had a dream The same night And each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. Means they didn't look happy. They looked upset. They looked disturbed about something. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there was no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. We take a look at Joseph's story. Here's a man who was, he's been, he went from favorite kid to betrayed by family, to favorite in Potiphar's house, to betrayed by his wife, to the favorite in the prison. And now it seems that all of that mess that Joseph's been going through for all of these years is beginning to kind of shed a little light on the reason he is here. Why in the world would a man after God, a man that's seeking to do God's will, a man that's just using the gift God has given him, why would he be going through so much persecution in his life, right? What's what's going on? I thought he was God's kid, but it appears that all that has happened from such a time as this—a moment like this. Now, now, granted, he still not reached what God said he would happen. Remember, he was told in his dream that he would rule over his parents, his brothers and sister, or his brothers. Sorry, his brothers and his family. Little does he know God's got bigger plans that haven't been accomplished yet. But we still notice the favor of God following him wherever he goes. But here's what happens. So he's been set up for this moment. He knows how to interpret dreams. It's a gift that God has given him to interpret dreams. So number two, point number two for those of you that are wondering where we're going now is you've got to communicate concern. What do you mean by that? Communicate concern. I mean, that when people come to you with these struggles, as we notice in this story, these two men had dreams. They couldn't explain the dreams. So they looked a little upset. And Joseph asked them, what's wrong? And they told him that they had dreams. And then he says, do not interpretations come from God? Tell me your dreams. So what he's doing is he's taking the time where he's at right now. To show a little bit of a concern or communicate concern to these other people that have come into his path. Galatians chapter 6, here's what it says, verses 1 and 2. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens... In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. When people go through these struggles and they begin to share things with you in your life, maybe there's someone sharing something with you. And you've got, you see, we kind of get caught up in this busy lifestyle. You're looking at your watch, like, oh, God, I don't have time right now. I, I, I don't have time. I got to get going. But a person is stopped because they've got a concern. They maybe, maybe they know that you're a believer. Maybe they know. That you're a child of God. So the person paused, took a moment out of their time to come to you about a concern, and I'm afraid that most of us get so caught up in our own schedules that we miss these little appointments. But if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit, what's it say should restore them gently. In other words, you need to pay attention to what their needs are. But you also got to be cautious because if they are struggling with something, if you're not careful, we see happen all the time. You're going to get caught up in that same sin, and we don't want to go there, but it also tells us to carry each other's burdens. Did you notice that? And this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. When Jesus came, he didn't came, he didn't come, sorry, to reach those who already seem to be fine. He says, "I didn't come to heal the sick. I didn't come to heal those that don't need a doctor. I came to heal the sick." He said, I'm here for the people that need help, that are struggling with something. In other words, you don't think Jesus was a busy guy? He had thousands of people following him all the time. Yet we find over and over in Scripture that he was constantly stopping to take that moment and that time with individuals in each of their own lives. We've got to be willing to stop and get escape the ruckus for a moment and be able to allow people to share with us if we expect to go anywhere with God's kingdom. God's saying, I mean, in all the hustle and bustle, especially this time of year, everybody running to and fro, buying presents and gifts and whatever it is, it's easy to get caught up in that commercial side of things. But let's remember, the whole reason we celebrate this time of year isn't so you can buy the latest gift for your son or daughter or family member, for celebrating the birth of his Savior who came to die. In other words, he was God. If anybody had a busy schedule, you'd think he's got a busy schedule. But he took time out of where he was at on his throne to come to earth so that we could have eternal life. That's the greatest gift of all. Why do we celebrate it so much? Because that's the greatest gift of all. God took time. To interfere with human history and come and be a part because he loves us that much. So the one thing that the movies aren't getting right in Hollywood that may not mention Jesus is that this season is really about family and love. Because God is love and he came to die for us. Let's move on to Genesis 40, verses 9 to 15. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, in my dream, I saw a vine in front of me. And on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into the Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means. Joseph's talking to him now. Joseph said to him, The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you To your position. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me. So Joseph is saying, Hey man, hang on a second. There's something I need you to do for me. I'm interpreting your dream, but can you just do me one favor? Here's what he says. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. Point number three, we've got to be able to communicate encouragement. If anybody had a reason to be discouraged at this point, it seems like it would be Joseph. He just told the cupbearer what happened to him. I didn't deserve it when I got sold into slavery. I didn't deserve it when I got cast out of Potiphar's house. I don't deserve to be here. Do me a favor, mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of here. But when but in the midst of all that, because remember all that is still going on up here, he takes the time to interpret this man's dream, which ends up having a good interpretation. Basically, he's saying, you're going to... Serving Pharaoh again, you're going to be his cupbearer again. You're going to go back to where you were. He's going to restore you to your old position. So he's taking the time, even though his life it looks like it's a mess right now. Maybe yours is the same way. But it, it just looks like it's a mess. Take time to encourage someone regardless. Here's what Philippians two one to four says: Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. If any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. End of the day, it's not about us. We've said that since the beginning of this series. It's not about us. It's about what can we do to encourage others? What can we do to lift others up? Even if we're sitting in a mess, which like we just said, Joseph's in a mess right now, but he still is taking the time. But here's what happened. Check out what we continue reading there, verse 16 of Genesis 40. So the baker's like, you know what? That's a pretty good interpretation. Let me give this a shot myself. Check out what happens. Verse 16, here's what it says. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. Here we go, verse 18. Joseph says, this is what it means. Joseph said, the three baskets are three days. This interpretation is not going to be fun, right? Check out what he does. Verse 19 says, within three days, Pharaoh will lynch off your head and impale your body on a pole. And the birds will eat away at your flesh. Whoa! Did he really just say that? He gave this other guy such an encouraging message. He's like, hey, you're going back. Now, this guy, he basically says you're going to die. You got three days and you're going to die. Pharaoh's going to kill you. He's going to impale you. He's going to put you there. So here's the deal. Point number four, if you're going to communicate vision to people, you've got to communicate truth. In this case, I am sure Joseph, maybe even some hesitation, the Bible doesn't tell us, He just gave such a good interpretation Now he's going to give this guy a bad interpretation But regardless Joseph's got to speak the truth Here's what it means This is what God's saying Now we don't really know what either one of these two men had done To make Pharaoh mad and get cast into prison Maybe the baker had done something A little bit more severe Than the cupbearer And the cupbearer kind of was going to get pardoned But regardless you've got to be able to communicate truth To people they want to hear truth What is it God's told you to tell them Good or bad news. You've got to be able to tell them something. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Here's what it says. You're going to recognize this verse. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. What do you mean by that, Trent? I'm saying regardless of what God may be communicating you to you to communicate to others, You've got to trust him. The only way you're going to be able to give off truth to somebody is if you trust the one that's giving you the message. Let's wrap up our story today as we get ready to wrap up. Genesis 40, 20 to 23. Here's what it says. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday. Imagine that. Happy birthday, Pharaoh. Three days later, it's his birthday. And he gave a feast for all his officials he lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. And he restored the cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. But check out what happens in verse 23. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot it. Here's a guy that just gave you your message. He told the truth to you. We'll find out next week when we wrap this story up where it gets him, how he gets to where he's gonna get to. But he forgets him. But here's the deal. Point number five as we wrap up, you gotta communicate success. What do you mean by that? Joseph, the truth he told these men came to pass. It was very successful. In, what he t- in other words, he's communicating to them, I'm a man of God, I'm just telling you what God's telling me to tell you. So he succeeded in his task. Now, it wasn't so good for the baker, but the cupbearer, it was. Check out 1 Corinthians 15, 57, 58 as we wrap up. It says, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. man. Regardless of the outcome and the results, Joseph's still in prison, remember. He said, hey man, do me a favor, mention me to Pharaoh. He gets forgotten. Next week we're going to find out he was actually forgotten for two years before God opened the door to allow him to fulfill what it was he was trying to get to pass. But he says, thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's like I think a lot of us in today's world, we forget that our real victory is not here, it's in him. What did it say down in the bottom? Oh, not only that verse too, though it says, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Joseph is still who he's been since the beginning. He's an interpreter of dreams. Nothing changed that. He hasn't allowed society or his, uh, the area around him, his, uh, whatever you want to call it, the area he's living in or where he's at now in life, change who he is. He is still who God has called him to be. He says, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because, what did he say? Your labor is not vain. Brother, sister, it may not look good right now. Maybe you're sitting there watching me, whether you're here or online, and you're in a financial mess. old cartoon comes to mind. The cartoon sing, I don't know if you've seen it. A little koala bear when he's hit rock bottom. He he comes out of this optimism once he kind of wakes up and realizes, he says, you know what the best part about hitting rock bottom is? The only way to go is up. So that's what I want to encourage you with as we get ready to dismiss this morning is that God is still there even if it looks like a mess around you right now. Continue to pursue what it is he has given you to pursue. Continue continue to pursue your purpose, your vision. It will come to pass. The Bible talks about that. We just read this earlier. It will come to pass. The Lord's word lives forever. It doesn't stop. So if God has said it, whatever it is about you, Your purpose, it will come to pass. So I want to encourage you with that this morning. Let me just say Merry Christmas to those of you tuning online. Um, If you're tuning online, thanks for tuning. Next week, we're going to wrap up this sermon with part five. We're going to be talking about activating. Activating what it is that we've come to establish as our purpose in life. But if you're out there looking at me right now, and you've never received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, let me encourage you. There's no better time than the present to make that happen in this holiday season. Accepting His death and His resurrection, so that you can have eternal life. That's why He was born. That's why we celebrate this time of year. Your turn on line is as simple as asking. You just say, "Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe You died on the cross for me. And I believe You rose on the third day, becoming victorious over death, that I might live. I ask You to come into my heart, be Lord of my life." Here on now, I want to live my life free. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to say congratulations. Let me ask you to do something else. We go ahead and dismiss you online first. Go to our website, nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. On the main page, you're going to go up to the left side of the screen, click on the menu button, go all the way to the far right. And there's a link that says the road to new life We're going to click on that What that's going to do is it's going to take you to a website That explains what you just did And why you needed salvation What it's there for And there's a prayer similar to that one If you really want to see it on that page But once you get to the end You follow each page in order Once you get to the end There's a contact form at the bottom of the page I want to encourage you that comes directly to my email Click on that Send me a confirmation Let me know that God has changed your life That you've been saved I want to celebrate with you Then your next step You need to find a church home If you want to be a part of this church For this family We need to see you here in the house Come next Sunday I invite you and your family to come Thanks if you've been tuned online We'll see you next week When we're going to wrap up Our Living on Purpose series God bless you